Welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They're all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. One of the tools that we've been given in our faith tradition is the tool of dua, what we normally translate as supplication. And this, of course, is different than what we call prayer or in Arabic salah. And I think that sometimes the translation uh, doesn't really help us remember to make a distinction between the two. And there's a very interesting uh, hadith, a very interesting prophetic statement about, actually two, about, about dua. The first is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, The dua or supplication is worship. Now, if you remember in our story, the story of the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, there's this very elaborate story in the Isra and the Ma'raj, the night journey, in which the Prophet, peace be upon him, you know, travels to Jerusalem, uh, ascends the seven heavens, and it's in this experience that he's you know, given the prayer, the, the five daily prayers. And no other act of worship comes in this elaborate way. So you would think if the Prophet, peace be upon him, would summarize all of our acts of worship, he would say that prayer, salah, is worship. But in this text, in this hadith, he said, no, dua, supplication, is the summary of prayer. And in another hadith, he said, dua that supplication, dua, is the head, or one could even say the heart of all worship. I find that very interesting, why the Prophet, peace be upon him, would say that. But if you think about it, all the acts of worship that we have, like the five daily prayers, they're things that we have to do, right? We, we saw, or somebody saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, pray them, so we pray them. Uh, it's in the Qur'an, it's in the Hadith literature, etc. If you think about fasting, you know, this is the month of Ramadan in, in which I'm recording this, you know, fasting has been prescribed to us the way it's been prescribed uh, to the people before us. So it's something that we have to do. Same thing with the, the Hajj, uh, pilgrimage. Uh, we have to go once in our life if we're able to. Well, how do we make Hajj? We follow the way that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did it. Uh, same thing with zakah or alms. If you have a certain amount of disposable income and a year has passed, you, know, you have to pay 2.5% of that uh, to those that are less fortunate. So on and so forth. But if you look at all of those acts of worship, they're things that we have to do. Now, I hope we all do them out of love and, and devotion and belief, of course. But there are things that are sort of mechanical, is how I like to think about them. They've been given to us. There's a certain way to do them, rules, regulations, timings, uh, amounts, etc., etc., etc. But dua supplication is very different. Dua is something that's open. It's something that doesn't have any limits. 
But yes, of course, there's a huge literature of optimal times and optimal places and optimal modes that one can ask for certain things. You know, some times are better than other times. Some places are better than other places. But at the end of the day, when God addresses the idea of supplication in the Qur'an, and when the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us about this, there, there's no limit. You do it when you do it. So what is the fundamental transaction that's happening when somebody asks God for something? And if you think about it, it's really a transaction of need. When we ask, we ask because we're acknowledging that we don't have. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the ability. We don't have the wealth. We don't have real power. All of that, as we say, is with God. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. You know, Muslims always say there is no power or ability except with God. So when you ask in the form of supplication, I'm, I'm saying, it's almost an acknowledgement of your own, our own limited ability. Actually, our own non-ability when you think about it. That anything that we do is, is only able because God has facilitated. I mean, so, so does the theology of, of, of Islam work. And if you think about that a little bit and reflect, you can understand why the Prophet, peace be upon him, would say that dua or supplication is worship. Because isn't that the essence of all acts of worship? To acknowledge our limited ability, to acknowledge our deficiency, our weakness, our poverty, our need for the divine. Now, when you do the mechanical prayers, which we have to, or the mechanical acts of worship, fasting, prayers, zakah, hajj, all that kind of stuff, we, we have a little bit of that. You know, we pray because we, we owe this, you know, our existence to God. And this is a way of, you know, it's a debt almost that we owe. But there are certain motions and certain things that we say, etc. But supplication is open-ended, as I said earlier. You say it when you feel the need. And it's that feeling of need. It's that moment of clarity, ultimate clarity, transparency between you and God to acknowledge Yes, God, I need, I don't have, I can't, I'm unable. I acknowledge that only you can act, only you can bestow, only you can give, only you can help, you know, etc., etc. And it's that moment of purity and clarity that I think helps us understand why the Prophet, peace be upon him, would say that this is the heart of all worship. It's that moment of clarity. It's that moment of asking. Now, as I alluded to earlier, now there are a lot of you know uh, books that have been written. You know, Imam Al Ghazali has written a great book on you know supplication, and and you, if you, and it's, you know you can't beat Imam Al Ghazali, of course. And when you read that, you learn about all of the optimal times, and you know, and this is the month of Ramadan, so it's like one big optimal time. You know, the fasting person's uh, dua is accepted. The Prophet said, when you break your fast, you have a dua that's accepted. Uh, you know, before you break, start fasting, you know, the, the last end of the night, your dua is accepted, you know, etc., etc. And it's good to focus on those moments of, of optimal time. And, and maybe in another, you know, episode, we can spend a little bit more time talking about that. Because one of the things, and this is just a little tangent, but one of the things that um, I think is important, uh, as a community, we've lost you know, this tradition of sacred time and sacred spaces. And it's really not just us, but it's sort of the modern world, you know, where everything is so global. 
you know, you can be making tawaf, and and I've seen this, and people are like on their phone or you know checking their social media feed while they're making tawaf around the Kaaba. I mean, you know, we're all guilty of it because it's just so normal. Why wouldn't you take out your phone and take a selfie or this or that? And the modern world, uh, for all the good that it's given us, one of the the challenges that it's given us is we've lost this concept of sacred times and sacred spaces. And God says in the Quran, "Wadakirhum You know, remind them of the days. That belong to God, i.e., the you know sacred spaces. Uh, anyway, that's a tangent. We can get back to that. But one of the benefits, I think, of of looking at those moments uh, of optimal du'a, let's say, or those modes or practices, you know, to have wudu, to face the qibla, uh, you know, the end of the night, you know, those type of things, is it helps you focus. It helps you anticipate that moment of clarity. But it doesn't substitute that moment of clarity. In other words, I know that I'm fasting, so I want to be on my A game. I know that right when I break my fast, you know, I can have a dua that's accepted. So I ask, and I make sure to remind myself that as I, you know, take that sip of water, as I have that date, I'm going to make a, a, a supplication uh, because I want it to be, you know, answered. But but what's really happening is that I'm now focused. I'm focused on that time. So that's a special time. That I, you know, carve out But don't let that Make you miss the mark Of that moment of absolute clarity Another hadith I think that is important That it helps us understand The importance of supplication Of the importance of dua Is when the Prophet Sallallahu Told us That whoever does not ask Allah Allah becomes upset with Now, when you think about it You know, well if I'm praying And fasting and you know, I'm just content with what I have. You know, why would Allah be upset? Why would God be upset if I didn't ask for this or ask for that? And one of the reasons, I think, is that if you don't ask, you don't exercise that spiritual muscle that helps you arrive at that moment of clarity, at that moment of purity, that moment of real poverty and real helplessness and vulnerability. Now, a lot of times we, we hear these words and we think that they're negative. You know, I'm in a relationship and I'm vulnerable or the other person is vulnerable, etc. But this is, this is not, you know, a relationship with a person. This is a, a relationship with your Creator. And if you believe in that and what that means, you know, you want to be vulnerable with the Creator. You want to be vulnerable with the Divine and honest and true. So if you don't ask and you don't get in the habit of asking, in this case supplication, you might lose the spirit Behind it all The spirit behind all acts of worship And The acts of worship that are mechanical They'll just remain mechanical And you're like on autopilot I pray because I have to pray you know, I fast because I have to fast But I don't get anything out of it And I meet a lot of people that, that come and tell me you know, I, I'm not getting anything out of my prayer And because I'm not getting anything out of my prayer My prayer is weak I don't pray all the time I don't pray consistently, etc Now, there are remedies for that You know Traditional classical remedies and modern remedies But the real issue, I think The real root cause Is we haven't exercised enough This feeling of vulnerability In the predominant culture You know, if you're in business Or in school or in a relationship or whatever You know, you don't want to be needy You don't want to ask And those are good qualities On a human-to-human level I'm not, you know, uh, uh, negating that We all have them, myself included But it's the opposite when it comes to God you know, if you don't ask God, who are you going to ask? If you're not going to be honest and vulnerable and true, 
and 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 demonstrate your absolute helplessness and need with with God, who who are you going to demonstrate it with? So I think that the dua is a really really important tool that we have, and this is and the reason I wanted to to record this uh, in the month of Ramadan is that it's on all of our minds. You know, we're all thinking about. You know, the first 10 days, the second set of 10 days, the last set of 10 days. In the last 10 days, we're anticipating, you know, the night of power, Laylatul Qadr, the odd nights. Uh, we're staying up a little bit extra. We're going to the mosque a little bit more. You know, we're really looking for that opportunity. But why are we doing all of that? To focus our attention, to focus our, our, our emotional state, our rational state, uh, our, our, our psychology, our spiritual self, focusing it all towards that opportunity for help, assistance, freedom, uh, you know, bounties, endless bounties, etc., etc. Another hadith uh, that I find also helpful in the discussion of dua and supplication is when the Prophet ﷺ says, you know, ask Allah and, and you are certain that He will answer. And I love this hadith because a lot of times one can get into the mindset when you start asking God for something but you know, I'm so bad, I have so much sin, I've done this, I've done that, I don't do this, I don't do that, why will God answer my, my, my supplication? And sometimes that feeling is good because it leads to a level of humility, but then it, you can overdo it and then you become self-defeated. But when the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, no, you know, ask Allah certain that He's going to answer you. But when you dig into this concept of certainty, that God is going to answer you, that God is hearing you, that God... Uh, you know, wants to alleviate your pain, you realize that ultimately what's happening in the spiritual transaction is that God inspired you to ask Him in the first place. And the fact that you ask for A, like you have a dua A, let's just call it dua A. I ask for such and such, or I need such and such. The fact that I'm inspired, that it's in my consciousness, that it's in my mind, it's in my heart to constantly ask, means that God has inspired me to ask that in the first place, which means that Allah has already given it to me. And this is exactly, this is one of the aphorisms, one of the hikam of, of Ibn Ata'illah al-Sakandari, you know, the famous um, uh, Egyptian saint. And he has this, you know, wonderful collection of, of wisdoms or aphorisms. And he says that the fact that you've asked means that God has inspired you to utter those words in the first place means that God has already given it to you. You ask for forgiveness, know that God has forgiven you. Because he inspired you to ask in the first place. You know, you ask for, uh, you know, blessings in the Laylatul Qadr or something like that. Know that God has given it to you. Because think about it. You could have been sick and not fasting those days. And not able to stay up at night. You could have been traveling, stuck on a plane, a train, uh, a car, whatever, on Laylatul Qadr. Uh, you could have been, you know, had like a surgery, uh, like I did many years ago. Was not able to fast for several Ramadans in a row. So the fact that you're focused on this special night, in this special month, uh, on a special set of supplications, means that God has inspired you to ask that in the first place, which is why the Prophet said, when you ask, peace be upon him, when you ask, ask knowing and certain that he has answered you. Now, this is also not like our Amazon you know, wish list. So I don't want people to think that, okay, I want you know, this item and that item and in this color and... That's, you know, this is not Santa Claus and Christmas. That's, that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for bigger things, hopefully of more of a spiritual nature. Sometimes they're of a material nature because we can't live without material things, of course. But the thing is, is that when we ask, 
and we know that God has answered, we also don't necessarily know how God is going to answer such and such thing. Um, and that's also very important. In other words, we don't know what's in the cards for us. We don't know ultimately what's good for us. Sometimes we want A, but A is going to ruin us, so God gives us B instead. Uh, and like I like to say, often, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, God wrecks our plans because our plans were going to wreck us. So we don't know where the khair, where ultimate goodness is. But when we ask for the good and for benefit and for health and for wealth and things like that, and we're certain that God has answered that, we have to be able to also be perceptive to how God has given us those things. And what that does is it makes us self-reflect. And when you self-reflect, you have a better chance of demonstrating gratitude. Because when you self-reflect, you, you realize almost embarrassingly how much you have, uh, how much you've been given. Uh, that you can breathe without pain, that you can eat without pain, that you can stand and walk, uh, that you have friends, that you have parents, that you have a job, that you have an education, that you have a mind that can understand things, that you can communicate effectively with people. All of these things are blessings that we oftentimes don't express gratitude for. And God says, oh, if you come to enumerate all the blessings you've been given, you're not going to be able to you know, calculate them and enumerate them all because they're just endless. There's an infinite amount of blessings. I mean, if you think about breath, Every breath that you take is unique. It's not the same as the breath before it or the breath that comes after it. It's like life coming out of you, be, be, give, being given to you and, in, and coming out of you and you at each moment. If you just reflected on that, you know, you'd be floored about the blessing of just being able to breathe. So I'm not saying that, that when we ask for, you know, we have an obstacle in the way we want to remove the obstacle or we, we need a material thing or, or you know, uh, we want a certain type of relationship or something like that. We don't go after it. No, we should. But we also need to understand that there's a bigger picture behind life and our life than those particular objects that we're asking for. So when we read this hadith that, you know, ask God being certain with the, that he has answered you, we need to understand it in that, in that broader context. Okay, I've said a lot. So the question that... I ask myself now, and I think we're all asking is, okay, so what? So what? Do, how do we take all of this? Sounds great. Okay, dua is really important. What do we do with it? I think there's a few things. Number one is it's got to be part of our daily routine. And I'm not negating the literature that talks about the optimal methods and modes of making dua. We should learn those things, and in another you know time and venue, maybe we can talk about them. But... We should not let those things prevent us from asking. Whenever we feel the need, we should ask. When you feel the need and you express that need by asking, that's that moment of clarity that we spoke about earlier, that moment of purity, that's the transaction. That's what made the Prophet, peace be upon him, say that dua, supplication, is the heart of all worship. It is worship. So make it a daily routine. Ask. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. And the more you ask, the more you will be focused on bigger things. You, you'll go from sort of the mundane and material to the higher level things because you'll realize that there's more you should be asking. Number two, I think uh, when it comes to supplication, we need to always, and any of our acts of, of out, uh, external worship, we need to remember the, the heart and spirit behind all of these acts of worship, which is, Submission, submitting to the fact that, that we are in need. 
that we have been created in love and are loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stacked things in our favor, not against us. And the whole world has been given for us to benefit from. And everything that you've been given in your life has been given for you to draw benefit and closeness to your maker through those things. So not to take a negative view, but to take the positive view. And dua is one of those acts of worship that expresses that the most. And of course, the obvious and the last thing I'll say is, you know, if you're listening to this and it's Ramadan, you know, go, go all out. You know, don't, don't wait. Time is right now. Whether you're fasting or you're broken your fast or wherever you are, and you got to just, just ask, right? This is the month to do that. Make, make something special happen this month and focus. Focus on what you want to ask. If you happen to be listening to this and Ramadan has passed, also, the time is now. Don't wait. Uh, don't wait for some magical moment. If you feel inspired to ask, just ask. If you have that moment of clarity, you know, count your blessings because, because there are many people that live life uh, dead, not alive. Uh, Imam Ali uh, has a fa- very famous statement, People are asleep and when they die, they wake up. We don't want to be like that. We want to be awake and alive. Right now is the, is the time to, to seize this moment right now and have that moment of clarity. And it's only a moment. We're not talking about hours and hours of, you know, meditating in a cave or praying, uh, you know, in the desert. We're not talking about that. It's just a moment of clarity between you, yourself, and your creator. Uh, anyway, I hope this is beneficial. Uh, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. <laughs>